Hey guys, Jess here. Um, the holidays are here and we just wanted to say thank you. Um, so make sure you look out for another episode being released in your feed um, after you listen to this one. Um, just wanted to say happy holidays. Thanks for listening and hope you guys have a great time of year. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by Jared. Hello. Hello. We're chugging along here in season one. Um, This, okay, so, well, let me get some business out of the way and then we can discuss. So we are part of the But Why Though podcast community. Be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythopodcast.com. Lots of good content. Um, and we're super proud to be a part of their very inclusive and um, comprehensive pop culture community. So so yay, go, t- go check them out. Um, also, if you're not caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's on Netflix for now. That is... Probably not always going to be the case. So we will have to go in and like re-record these. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But uh, Through the End of Season 5 is up on Netflix. They are currently filming Season 6 and we're going to get a Season 7. So that's awesome. Um, But, you know, we talked about this last episode, but it's probably going to merge onto the Disney streaming service, Disney Plus, at some point. So um, if you don't plan on buying that, make sure you catch up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now while you can. Um, yeah, and then also yeah. Hulu or uh, a subscription to some cable service that provides you with with access to ABC would be the best way right. to keep up to date when it's airing live. <laughs> yep, exactly. But yeah, so um, we do talk about spoilers at the end of the episode. If you have gotten this far in the show and you don't know that, why are you here? That's weird. Weird episode um, to start off. <laughs> A very weird episode to start on, but I get it. Um, But yeah, but welcome. (laughs) Well, yes, we love we love that you're here. Um, Welcome to the Agents of Shield fandom. Uh, It's small but mighty. Um, But I am finding more and more people um, that love Agents of Shield on social media every day, uh, thanks to this podcast and also just like the news that's come out more recently about like the um, what was the article about like Rotten Tomatoes was saying that Shield's like one of the most um well-rated Marvel shows or it is the most well-rated Marvel show or something like that and then the season 7 announcement so everyone's new new faces are popping up so it's always fun to talk uh about how broken we are after every episode <laughs> airs so <laughs> not so much in this season but uh in the later seasons, yes. Lots of feels. Although, we're starting to get into the feels in season one. Ugh. Not so much this episode. Maybe a little bit, but the next one, definitely. So, um, let's get into it. This is season one, episode 16, the end of the beginning. Hmm. 
uh, written by this man's name that I can never pronounce, Paul Bizweski. I'm going to go with that. Um, as he's, good as I could do. He actually writes really great episodes, so I feel bad that I'm like fucking his name up every time. But, um, you know, he so he wrote Fzzt, <laughs> A Girl in the Flower Dress and The Magical Place, which were all great episodes. Um, and hopefully he will continue to write more and hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, directed by Bobby Roth. Uh, he directed The Hub and Tahiti. Um, so we're getting some veteran writers and directors here, which is great. And originally aired October, or October. Wow. April 1st, 2014. I eat and I drank green tea before we started recording today and I'm still like brain all over the place. So I apologize. <laughs> Last week I had trouble with, with the food thing, but I should be better. I swear. Okay. Uh, let's get going. So the scene is set in Sydney, Australia. Uh, okay. Garrett and Trip are at a shield safe house and um, they're discussing that the clairvoyant is on the index possibly, or he was rejected from the index. Um, and guess who shows up mike peterson uh deathlock he walks in and tries to take them out um and they try to ice him with these new icer guns but are unsuccessful um and so he jumps up and out of the ceiling which is a little dramatic but hey it does what it has to do um Back on the bus, the bus is land. Well, we're not on the bus yet, but the, we, we see the bus landing on an aircraft carrier in the middle of some ocean. And Victoria Hand, Garrett Sitwell, Blake, who we haven't seen in a while, and Trip are on the aircraft carrier getting brought onto the bus. And Coulson's there. He's like, I want to have this meeting. Come here. Let's go. Um, wheels up. So they fly to the North Pole. <laughs> which I feel is very extreme to be away from the clairvoyant or as far away from him as possible, him or her. Um, and Garrett makes a comment about hopefully like some, the, the magnetic whatever around the North pole is like screwing up the, the airwaves or something, but I don't know if that's exactly how it works guys, <laughs> but let's just go with it. Um, so they're going to go after uh, specific index candidates that may or may be rejected um, at some point. And, um, they're going to need Sky to do to look into all their psych evals and find out which people we should go after. Um, but that requires her to be a shield agent. Hmm. So meanwhile, Sky is getting her blood drawn by Simmons and um, Simmons tries to loop her in to her plan into convincing Coulson that they need to send the blood into HQ to get more information. And Sky's like, no, uh, we need to keep it in house. If Coulson says it needs to be secret, it needs to be secret. And Fitz and Simmons are very surprised by this. They're like, you want to play by the rules? Like, who are you? What have you done with Sky? So they start to suspect her. If you have forgotten, the end of last episode, Coulson and Sky had a talk, and Coulson and Sky decided to keep this all secret because a lot of people died um, trying to protect this crazy alien shit. And now they are both involved, and it's weird, and they don't know who to trust about it yet. So, um, continuing to keep it in house. Um, oh my God, Sky gets called upstairs. Because she's going to get her S.H.I.E.L.D. badge. She's officially a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Agent Sky. 
It's a really heartwarming moment. Um, Ward and Sky have a little bit of a moment, and he's like super proud of her. But also, we see that the feelings are developing further, and maybe they're mutual. I don't know. It's weird. I don't like it. I never liked it. I didn't like it the first time, and I don't like it this time. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, no, thank you. So we go to an apartment with Mike, um, and he gets a package. And this package is this like gauntlet that is like a weapons gauntlet. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, basically, it gives him the ability to target uh things people whatever um in his crazy vision uh targeting i don't know what to call it his eye implant thing um uh, that seems right targeting his, right? Like, ocular implant or yeah 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 so uh so yeah he get he has like a little rocket launcher on his wrist now which is a little, little nuts but kind of cool um and the clairvoyant says it's time for us to meet mm. So are we going to find out who the clairvoyant is? I don't know. Maybe we will. Um, back on the bus. Um, oh, I forgot to mention when they're all talking about, you know, Sky becomes an agent or whatever, and they decide um, that they're going to pair off um, to find these different candidates that could be the clairvoyant because um, they don't want the clairvoyant to see them coming. And so they're going to do this double blind bullshit where one agent knows like the location and then once they get to the location the other agent will get the information about the candidate um as it comes in which if sky knows all of this information anyway wouldn't the clairvoyant just be able to read her mind and know who they're coming after <laughs> so something's up with the clairvoyant as far as like what they're actually able to do yeah, right. Um, but that, but that's, yeah, that's been seen that way for a while, though. Yes, exactly. But as far as like in universe, like the way they're thinking that the clairvoyant is actually clairvoyant, like I feel like there's some holes in their plan. <laughs> well, for sure, it's it's even, and we're probably doing more because of spoilers. But even just in, even just as an initial viewer, it's one of those situations where we're getting a bigger picture, even though it's just hints than anything close to what the actual characters are seeing. Like they have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea what's going on. Exactly. Um, so anyway, they're, they're kind of teaming up um, and uh, Sitwell ends up getting called out um, from HQ or to somewhere else. I forget. Um, whatever. He's, he's not part of the mission anymore. So he gets called out and Colson's like, well, are you going to take his place agent hand? And she's like, no, uh, I'm not part of this circus, but she's going to go back to the hub and keep an eye on everyone uh, via satellite and send in backup as necessary to save their asses, uh, quote, <laughs> or whatever. Um, so Sky is in the interrogation room for some reason. I'm not really sure why she's in there, but she's giving Garrett the rundown of the double blind clairvoyant plan. And Garrett's kind of like, you know, we haven't officially met yet. And he's very charming. And he starts talking battle scars and showing his burns. And he's like, yeah, gut shot is that's rough. You know, I'm impressed. You survived it. Are you feeling great? She's like, I'm fine. Um, and then he starts to talk about Ward and how not only has Ward had an impact on Sky, but Sky has had an impact on Ward. And... It's just an interesting conversation that we'll come back to later. <laughs> so um, us, not the show. We will come back to that later. Um, 
So Fitz is in the lab and he's showing May this new round that he's developed for um, some of their guns. And it's a tracking round. So you can shoot a target and then it has a tracker in it and it sticks in the target. Um, and Simmons is still obsessing over Sky and Coulson's blood and she doesn't realize that May is there. But May kind of picks up on what she's talking about and she's like, you know, if you have you guys uh, seen anything weird going on with Coulson or Sky?" And they're kind of like, no, like how much should we tell her? And she's like very uncharacteristically charming and is like, well, you guys can come to me if um, you discover anything or if you notice anything weird. And... It's a little weird. Like <laughs> Fitz, when she leaves, Fitz and Simmons are kind of looking at each other like, did that just happen? <laughs> like, it's just out, very out of character for her to be that, um, oh, wanting to be that open um, or have that much openness, I guess. So, hmm. I wonder why. Um, so Sky is going to look at the psych evals of the candidates that were on the index or the ones that were rejected from the index, whatever. Um and uh, figure out, I don't know, patterns, whatever. She, she's going to do what she does, um, which is, I, which again, why is she in the ter- in the interrogation room doing this? Like, why isn't she somewhere else? I don't understand why she's in this room, but whatever. <laughs> it's a little weird little things in this episode. Um, so Tripp and Ward are paired up and they're at this prison in the UK and they're, you know, walking in to find their candidate and... Trip mentions that Ward's family is like the Kennedy family, um, which is that's like kind of I guess this is only like the second time we ever hear anything about Ward's family, because the first time was when we found out what Ward suffered uh, from his older brother as a child in the well. So that's interesting. Um, And they both kind of go back and forth about who has more reason to want to kill the clairvoyant <laughs> um, trip or ward. And I think ward is trying to push back and say, we need to take him alive. And trips like, look, if sky wouldn't have survived, would you feel the same way? And they kind of come to a agree to disagree or maybe whatever, let's go in and take this guy in if it's the clairvoyant. Um, and then we, meet Blake, Agent Blake and Agent May are paired up together and Blake starts asking May if she's a Scorpio. (laughs) He's like, clearly they thought we were compatible uh, to be paired up in this mission. Uh, It's just a really funny moment because it's, you know, May is May and we don't really know a lot about Blake, but it just shows like this funny side of him trying to find common ground with her and she's just not having it. And it's great. (laughs) So they're walking into an assisted living home where they're supposedly going to find their candidate. Um, And then we see that Garrett and Coulson are paired up and they're in a shield SUV. And Garrett is very clearly that old dude that like has all these stories and is always telling stories. And they like consistently change little by little every time he tells the story and he just like embellishes more and more or like he tells the same story to the same person like a million times. Like we all have that old dude in our life, whether it's like an uncle or like your dad's friend or like whatever. So um, Garrett is telling this story to Colson, and Colson's just kind of like nodding and going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and apparently Colson was there for that story for when that happened. And he's like, yeah, and you told it wrong. <laughs> Garrett's like, well, it's cooler if I tell it this way. <laughs> um, and then they get detoured and it's so like, 
self-aware. They're like, oh, no, it's a detour. I wonder what this is. Oh, I wonder if this is a trap. And so they get their guns ready. Um, and we go back to um, Agent Blake and May. And they're in the assisted living home. They're going to split up and uh, go investigate different parts of the home because they have a specific target there that they're looking for, Thomas Nash. And Mike Peterson busts in and he uh, takes down Agent Blake and they get into, well, Agent Blake tries to ice him. And so they're shooting back and forth. And um, Mike ends up grabbing him by the throat and lifting him up. And Agent Blake is still trying to reason with him. He's like, we can still help you. Um, And Mike's like, I'm beyond help. You can't help me anymore. And it's kind of sad. And then uh, he throws Agent Blake down on the ground and stomps on him. And then May shows up and Mike tries to shoot May with one of his wrist rockets. And uh, she runs out of the way, thank God, but the wall collapses around her and it's just chaos. Um, So back at the hub, um, Hand is following all of this and she's like, oh my God, uh, Agent Blake is down. Uh, Send all agents to their location. And apparently Thomas Nash was supposed to be at the home, but he's not there. He's a ghost. There's no one in his room. Like he was never there. So it was just a cover. Um, And Hand and Garrett get kind of heated talking about how to handle the situation, which is interesting because I guess Agent, is Agent Hand Hand and Garrett and Coulson are all at the same level. Is that correct? I honestly don't know. Like, or does Agent Hand, like, is she their superior? I was always a little confused about that. I don't think Hand outranks Coulson. I think it's like a different, like, like they've different division or something. Yeah. Like, I think she, yeah. she controls the hub. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I think she outranks them both there. You know, okay. but I don't know that she has more authority within the organization. Garrett, I'm definitely not. I'm not clear on. He may be the same rank as Coulson, but like have his own team and his own. You know, That's what job. I understood. Like, like it feels yeah. like it feels like maybe they're all kind of on equal footing, depending on whose turf it is. Right. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, like when they're on the bus, like Coulson's calling the shots. If they were in Garrett's. I don't know what he has. He doesn't have a bus. Whatever but his he has something. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if they're, you know, working a mission with Garrett, he's calling the shots. And I guess if they're working with hand, she's calling the shots. Yeah. Or if they're, if they're like performing a mission specifically for the hub or in the hub. Right. Right. Yeah. That would make well, sense. I don't, because just that episode of the hub <laughs> um, where hand was, she had set up the mission that sent Ward and Fitz out alone and they didn't have an extraction plan and like Coulson was kind of kept out of the loop and he was you know he was upset about that yeah so like whenever that's something that she is making calling the shots like what like if it's if it's coming from them it would make sense that they'd be able right. to call the shots I, theoretically I don't I don't know I don't know <laughs> the dissemination of leadership in shield is a little unclear at this point we'll just leave it there but also <laughs> like in general I think it's an it's a legitimate issue with um with actual espionage organizations and spy organizations. But I think even, even more than that in a show like this and a fictional version of, of a spy world, like there is no transparency. They almost like pride themselves on like, Oh, I have no idea where, you know, who's caught the shots. Like, it's, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's just better that way. <laughs> like, and I, and I actually do see a legitimate 
argument to be made for that sort of thing. But at the same time, like it, it would all be better with, with transparency. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also like it just makes for better drama if there's like the people at the top are butting heads about how things should be done. So maybe that's an element too. <laughs> I think all this stuff sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Simmons is – um. She's going to debrief everyone on the Deathlock project and Cybertech because she is the resident expert now. Um, but she's also plotting to check out um, the blood samples while she's at the hub because she'll have access to the lab. And Fitz is going to help. Um, they're going to set up some type of communication array so they can be in contact. And uh, guess who's escorting Simmons to the hub? It's Agent Triplet. Um, and she's very excited about that. And Trip is also very excited about that. And Fitz is horrified by this situation. Um, He's going to have to uh, step up. Yep. <laughs> uh, his uh, his love interest is being led away by this beautiful black man who's very capable and uh, amazing. I don't know. It's it's pretty funny. It was a pretty funny moment. Um, so Sky looked into Nash, Thomas Nash. And I guess he was crossed off. He was uh, um, projected to be uh, prescient or clairvoyant in some way. And he was like the Canadian government was like going to use him for something, I guess. So they think, <laughs> Which, hey, he might be the one. The, uh, our guy. Yeah. So they think that he actually is the clairvoyant. But apparently he was crossed off the index after he was in a really – horrible car accident that left him um, paraplegic. And so he was put in this assisted living home. And so they assumed that he was not a threat to society. I don't know. Um, uh, but Colson, during this time when they're talking about this, Colson realizes that um, not all of the rounds that were shot at Mike came from the icer gun. Uh, one of the rounds that Blake shot at Mike was one of the tracking rounds that Fitz just created. So now they know how to find him. Um, so the the tracking round reads, le- oh my God, leads them to this empty racetrack, um, which I'm assuming is like Santa Anita. <laughs> well, and, probably right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, and Sky gets they all show up, a whole big team. Garrett's there, Trip's there. Or no, Trip's not there. Garrett's there. Um, Sky is there. Colson's there. May's there. And um, they Ward and Ward tells Sky, you know, you're running back end. Like you just got back into the field. You almost died. You can't be a part of this um, operation. And he's acting all protective and weird. But Colson actually backs him up. He's like, no, we need you in the back end. Um, Bye. Go back in the van. <laughs> and she's kind of upset. Um, but they run into this uh, empty building and Fitz pulls up the golden retrievers and they go fly around and try to find Mike. Uh, they find Mike and Sky is like looking at the surveillance from the golden retrievers and she's like, oh, my God, what did they do to him? There's like all of these cybernetics like in his body. Like he's so fucked up. But this is awful. And then Mike takes out the golden retriever. So then he knows that they're there. They know that he's there. Everyone knows. Um so they find him. Mike jumps down off of the, it's like the third story into the lobby and he does that superhero landing and it looks super cool. And then he runs into this, you know, stairwell to go downstairs and Coulson goes after him alone. And it's like this creepy hallway scene where he's trying to find him and he turns the corner oh, and it's scary, but he just runs into Garrett. And so they're both there sneaking around. But Mike is around the other corner and he shoots at them with his 
arm rocket <laughs> um, and chaos ensues. So they're trying to find him still. Um, and then they walk into a room and they find Thomas Nash, who is this paraplegic old man um, sitting in this dark room with all these computer monitors everywhere. And then he's hooked up to this like uh, this system that's like um, uh, taking track of his vitals. Um, <laughs> so a little weird. Um, and then the computer system starts talking as if it is Thomas Nash talking. And he says, to, he's, you know, getting under their skin. He says to Colson, you were simply a broken man who did not know he was broken. And he starts saying stuff about how they want Sky and she will die giving us what we want. And he just keeps going. He keeps prodding and upsetting everybody. And, you know, Colson doesn't. It seems like Colson's going to lose his cool for a second, but he doesn't. And he's like, we're going to take you in and you're going to suffer and you're going to tell us everything you know. And Ward just can't take it anymore. And he shoots him and Nash dies. And it's like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> so Ward is going to get taken in for the equivalent of like an internal investigation and probably uh, a tribunal. <laughs> everybody finally knows that we've always known that he, he's Jewish. Yes, he is a jerk. Um, so Garrett is going to go after Deathlock, um, and word is that Fury is back at the Triskelion, so um, Coulson can finally get in touch with him. Um, so back on the bus, Sky pops into the interrogation room to see Ward, who is all locked up in there. And Ward is so into her and it's weird and he totally shot nash just to protect her and he reveals that at this point which (laughs) okay dude like way to jeopardize your entire spy career for this one person that you've known for like six months all right love is love is weird and it's just i guess it's like it comes across as in a creepy way yeah it totally does not in a good love I mean, I mean, in general, this stuff is problematic if it's looked at under a realistic lens. But like, we could see it in an Iron Man movie or Captain America movie or whatever. In their world, in an episode of Shield, I could see somebody doing this, shooting the bad guy, or or someone who's in question to, to protect yeah. the person they love. But the way this plays out reads as creepy. I think even with our admitted Ward. Bias. <laughs> I think that on its own, it reads a little bit creepy. Like it's intense. Well, it's not just like he's. It's too much. the 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 feelings that he has doesn't seem like it's coming from a healthy place. First of all, and second of all, it's the intensity of it is almost like stalker ish, yes, and it's not like he. Thinking, that's exactly what I was thinking. And it's not like he has had a conversation with Sky where he's like, I love you. I have feelings for you. Um, you know, whatever. Like he hasn't given her that agency to say no yet. So he's just doing all of this kind of without her permission. Like she didn't ask him to protect her and she didn't really give him permission to express those feelings towards her. So I don't know. It just it's it's weird. <laughs> no, it, I think so. And I don't know. I like. It's weird. It, the agency thing comes into play, and like, not to say that you know, even if they, I don't know, just the fact that all of this is going on, he's never talked to her about it, and up until just super recently, he's also been having weird emotional 
crap where he's been needy with May and was sleeping with yeah. May. So, but, but like, like overall, this does not work. This, no. this, this is in every There's way something gross stuff's happening. There's something wrong, and it, it even like upon first viewing, this felt wrong. So, and it only got worse. <laughs> and it only got worse. So we'll get to that um, in the next episode for sure. But and also in the spoiler section. But yeah. Ugh. Anyway. So um, Fitz is sneaking around um, in the area where they keep all the wires. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, and he's trying to set up an encrypted line to get in touch with Simmons at the hub. And um, he discovers something suspicious. Um, there's another encrypted line. Um, and he gets in touch with Simmons, but um, she's like cutting out and there's like a, some type of disturbance. And she mentions that agents are rushing in and just gets cut off. But Fitz is like preoccupied with this other encrypted line. So it's I, I, he acts kind of acts like he doesn't even care. He's just like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, so Colson is in his office, and Sky's in there talking to him, and and he suspects that Ra- that Nash was the wrong man, that he wasn't actually the clairvoyant, like he was just a dude in a room, and like there was an audio, someone talking to them, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was coming from him, in that he was controlling it, like he genuinely thinks that they shot they killed the wrong person and sky starts talking about how the clairvoyant knows everything that's in the shield files so all of the agent psych evals like he knows stuff about them like stuff that colson was like that they were talking that that reina was bringing up to colson and that the clairvoyant was talking to about Coulson was stuff that was in his files. And um, I think it. Uh, she mentioned that like they talked about his father's death and in his file, like that was mentioned as a defining moment. And so Coulson starts to, starts to suspect that the clairvoyant is actually a shield agent that has access to all the shield files, which is, mm-hmm. Oh no. <laughs> um, but also I have a question. Why is Sky, a level one agent, allowed access to her superior psych eval files? That's a little weird to me. Okay, okay. My my, my, <laughs> my instant with I, I I don't think I I may have mentioned this in the show before. I don't think so. But Marvel used to do a thing called the No Prize, where they would encourage fans to solve their problems for them if there was a contradiction or something that made no sense please write an explanation and if it makes sense to them they will endorse it and they will give you a, a certified marvel no prize which would stan stanley you know uh yeah. soul invented and the idea was it was an empty envelope that just said marvel no prize on it and it had nothing in it because it was a no prize oh my god but 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 they but they gave but they acknowledged it in the letters page and in the digital age, if you didn't send in a real letter, they just acknowledged it on the letters page. And I was, I think, the first one of those of the non-email. I was in an issue of Captain America, and I didn't even offer an explanation. I just noticed because of my uh, OCD and my, my tendencies <laughs> in, a co- in a variant cover, they had messed up and cut off the, to- the top of a tail fin where it was not partially obscured by an, uh, by a propeller on like a world war two plane on mm-hmm. cover. It was the original arc where Bucky came back for, uh, from the dead, which actually ties in to stuff coming up. Uh, Bucky coming back from the dead and winter soldier ties, it ties into a uh, slight spoiler for the spoiler stuff with things that ha- ha- <laughs> happened in the MCU right around this time. And uh, yeah, the, the, it, it feels like, I don't know. It feels like something, it would be a similar situation where right. they would welcome us to 
have our own rationalization just, just or whatever. Like, little weird inconsistencies and, you know. Nothing we need to worry about. Know. And the other, my, my instant version of my, my personal headcanon whatever justification is, well, I mean, she is a super hacker, right? Yeah. So that maybe yeah, she doesn't right? have access. Maybe she just gave herself access. Right. So there's, the, I mean, that's like, my answer. If, if you can't stand it, uh, <laughs> go with that. Okay. <laughs> that's my I, recommendation I, to viewers anyway. I will try. <laughs> it still bothers me though. No, it's, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, it's, it's obnoxious. I totally get it. Like it's something that you know is wrong and it's not, I don't know. It's not one of those things. There's all sorts of these kinds of things that we either let go of or we don't. Cause I think about them all the time. And sometimes I'll, uh, be said like stop ruining something because i'll point point out i'm I'm not trying to it's just i can't help but notice like why is this happening like i love uh to all the boys i've loved before but dude was it the first time you'd seen it when i watched it with you i think so no it was the second time only the second time i'd seen it i think maybe still maybe i saw the third i can't remember but uh i just i couldn't help but notice on that viewing i didn't notice it at all the first time but uh, slight spoiler for that there's a fake uh, dating situation and when they write the contract it the, the, oh, they, it changes they, yeah they show it yeah. twice on the table two different ways and then two times since then like there's at least four to five different handwritten <laughs> contracts and the thing is like before hd cameras nobody would even fucking notice that shit it would have been too yeah. blurry but like now they gotta notice it because there are people like me who will notice it and there are people like like me who will notice it and who for whatever reason, haven't been able to find the help in their lives uh, <laughs> to be able to let go. Because I used to be like that too, but like I feel like you got to grow out of that stuff, or it's just the path to madness. Like because it doesn't impact the quality of the film. Like, well, yeah. like it doesn't inter- It doesn't destroy the, in- the, the. It doesn't actually destroy the integrity. No, the not at all. <laughs> I think it's like one of those things, like. You like I can fully immerse myself in entertainment. Like I have no problem. Like I'm one of those people that like likes everything upon verse viewing. And then usually if I see it a second time, I'm like, okay, like there's things wrong with this that I don't like. But for the most part, like I can I can lose myself in reality. And so or in in the, you know, whatever it whatever reality is being presented. Um, and so I think it's funny, like, because I'm doing these synopses like as i'm watching and i'm like taking notes it it forces me to like pause the show sometimes and like i have to write stuff out um because i don't want to miss things and that like breaks up that immersement no, <laughs> that immersion no, and it makes and, perfect you know sense I mean? to me yeah no and it just makes it to where you're and on top of that it breaks it up and you're looking at everything under a microscope so the combination yeah. of those two things that makes perfect i'm sense. just I'm just noticing all these more like I probably never would have paid attention to something like that if I was just watching the show just to watch it. But since we're doing this like and we're kind of analyzing things that like pop up later in the seasons now, too, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) For some of these things. The inconsistencies (laughs) jump out at you. Yeah. Which I think the other thing, the other headcanon that I could use for this is that, yeah, Sky's an expert hacker. She totally could have gotten into the other files, but also just Coulson's team operates under a different um set of rules it seems like than the rest of shield does like they don't have that same dissemination of information that central shield seems to have like everyone shares and that seems the same that information. seems to actually go with what 
we've been told like to actually th- yeah. th- 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 these both seem based entirely on what we've seen and they're not like crazy leaps for headcanon so they seem reasonable. exactly and this is all just for my, my very last this has been a long uh diversion but i just yeah, it, i can't help but think of this one uh pat oswald joke about it's supposed to be a true story from when he was in college because there was some i think math class or or physics class that was like supposed to be uh like written or or explained in a way that was like kind of like alternative so like explained in kind of flowery language and whatnot so they'd ask some math question but it was based on star trek and they referred to like uh you know warp speed and going at different speeds Mm -hmm. and trying to calculate a distance and and incorporate like the changing of the the passage of time and and uh it's he said that you know, his friend would tell the story and they saw him stand up and like march down this amphitheater to the professor and just they couldn't hear what he was saying because he was so far away. But he could tell like whatever it was was angry and emphatic and, <laughs> and, he, and he stormed off like and walked out of the room. And the professor w- walked up and said and, and said to the class, like, you know, if for whatever reason, the fact that, you know, I said that, you know, you know, Captain Kirk made the ship do this and it would actually be you know uh, yeah. it would be uh, sulu who actually you know performed oh this function God. if that made you unable to answer the question <laughs> like my apologies <laughs> but like <laughs> it just reminded me of that a little bit like i was just like i just can't because there are definitely things like that like it took me i had to prep myself for age of ultron for like five months oh, where no. i was just like i'm fine <laughs> With the fact that Tony Stark invented Ultron and not Hank Pym. Because it's Hank Pym in the comics and it always has been. And and the way Marvel works, because they never outright undo things. Now the Fantastic Four's, you know, founding members. Now those guys weren't World War II or or Korea vets. They were, one of them was like a second Gulf War vet, the thing. And Mr. Fantastic wasn't even in the military anymore. (laughs) Like they're willing to make changes and and alter their history, but they won't do giant wide resets uh, yeah. iron man's origin is now in uh in communist controlled china in in asia and not in vietnam anymore because <laughs> it used to be in vietnam and yeah, same region you know yeah, <laughs> it's just less God. i don't know it's less tied to yeah. stuff they don't want to think about we yeah 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 american history guys <laughs> like if we could avoid yeah. thinking about it let's do so so sorry for that yeah. immense distraction <laughs> no it's fine it needs to be said because I, I i definitely know people especially in the star wars universe fandom <laughs> that can't get past certain inconsistencies yes and um, oh man no comics are um, good training I, for that because you have to yeah like there's just stuff that makes no sense yeah <laughs> You know what though? Um, Harry Potter is having that issue right now. I guess the new film, The Crimes of Grindelwald, is like hugely diverting oh, from yeah. the original canon that J.K. Rowling set out in the books. I heard about the, that. And some Potter more books. obvious it's than like, others. Like, like, like the, oh I yeah, guess it's the, real bad. The, I guess <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spoil too much anything with it, but I guess some of them are yeah. just like just don't even make any sense, and they're for nothing. For yeah. like two second cameos. And like the the age, the age ranges like don't add up, and also like the timelines that were set like with his that line up with historical events and actual human history like don't line up, and there's all kinds of inconsistencies, and it's just really funny to see people implode. <laughs> I, I hear that the new movie is supposed to be supposed to be a year after the previous one, which would make it like something like. 
whatever it is it has the, the, the one spoiler i read that i don't really mind giving away is that mcgonagall is in the new one and a split second cameo as like a middle-aged teacher at hogwarts so she looks somehow older or even if they de-age her like she's gonna look older than uh dumbledore so she wasn't a yeah. student and when it takes place like she should be like six years old or something it shouldn't be mathematically possible for her to be a teacher like a student there much less a teacher yeah and and stuff like that is absolutely what i was thinking of like the fantastic four is one that is a constant source of it because they had all these milestones really early because they kind of aged in real time to start like they were guys who were vets and they they mr fantastic and invisible woman settled down and had kids and their kid raised he aged franklin aged in real time briefly and then has never aged consistently since then. And like <laughs> literally their second kid, Valeria, their daughter, Val is born when Franklin was eight years old. Then Franklin had, had his eighth birthday. And then he had his eighth birthday again. And then again and again and again. <laughs> and now they're, now they're five years apart. Uh, the last time they had their ages established, he's still eight and she's three. And the actual, the one, like some writer gave a good explanation because specifically they gave, Franklin is the potentially the most powerful mutant in the Marvel universe. His powers okay. are defined as he can control reality. So oh my God. If, if you want, you can blame all of the inconsistencies at Marvel on the fact that the kid of the family of superheroes, like the Incredibles style superheroes yeah. has the power to control reality. Maybe subconsciously he's got Peter Pan syndrome, you know, maybe you know, considering oh, how, considering he was born in the you know, late sixties, the guy should be older than my, you know, my oldest brother or whatever. And instead he's still, he's younger than my nephew now, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like somehow I, I've outgrown this guy so many times over, but like, it would make sense on some level. It's like the world sucks. If you could still be eight and like go and have adventures with like some sort of weird combination of like, you know, uh, 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 Bill Nye, the science guy in Indiana Jones is your dad. Yeah. Like, come on, man. That sounds pretty rad. <laughs> I, I, I'd do that in a second. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> over. This reality right now? Yes. Yep. Wow. But uh, yeah. C- comics are weird, man. Comics are I guess super that- weird. That was my comics are weird segment for today. Yep. <laughs> Yay, we're bringing it back. A long version um, to get there. All right. Um, where are we at? Uh, okay, so they figured out that the clairvoyant is most likely a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, which, fuck, that changes everything. So Coulson goes into the interrogation room to talk to Ward because now he's like, whose orders were you under? Why did you shoot Nash? And he suspects that Ward shot him um, because someone within S.H.I.E.L.D. told him to and wanted to take him out so he wouldn't tell him anything um, or they wouldn't find out that he was actually not the clairvoyant. Um and meanwhile, Fitz is off being sneaky, and he tracks that wire um, to the cockpit. And oddly enough, it's labeled "com line" in the in the little container or the compartment that May has with the thumb swipey thing and whatever. But I just thought that was funny. Like, let's label this line anyway. May walks in. And Fitz is like, oh, shit. And he, like, really, really awkwardly tries to talk his way out of the situation. And he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, you know, looking at this and blah, blah. And then he just, like, kind of runs. And um, May kind of looks around and she sees, like, where he was looking. And she grabs her loaded gun and leaves the cockpit, too. And she looks very frustrated, which is like, what the fuck is happening? So 
Fitz runs into Sky and Sky is shaken because they just found out that the clairvoyant might be a shield agent and Fitz is fucking freaking out because he's like what's May up to and so they're both like Ugh! and Fitz is like um is there any reason why May would have a encrypted dedicated line and Sky is kind of putting two and two together and so she thinks that May might have been informing on the team's activities to the clairvoyant so she's like cut the line now um Meanwhile, okay, if if uh, Nick Fury was the clairvoyant, spoiler alert, he's not. Uh, no, nope. <laughs> you know they'd be right. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so anyway, Coulson is interrogating Ward, and he's still like, you know, trying to get this information out of him. And Ward's like, dude, I didn't do it for that. I I just did it, like, because I'm dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Sky busts in, and she's like, guys, we have a problem. Um, so May is sneaking around the cargo hold in the dark, looking for Fitz. But Fitz is in the lab with the door closed, and she turns around and she shoots at the door. So she was totally trying to shoot Fitz, and he hit the look on his face is just like. You just tried to shoot me? What the fuck is happening? So Coulson and Sky finally catch up and they have guns pointed at her. And she mentions, she's like, I wasn't going to shoot Fitz with an actual gun. It's an icer. And they're just all like Coulson's yelling at her and Sky's yelling at her and she's yelling back and she's trying to explain like, it's not like that. It's not what you think, but I can't say what it is because I'm under orders. And then uh, Coulson totally thinks, and as well as Sky, they, she he thinks that May is the one who betrayed them. And suddenly, the plane changes course, um, and then we find out that Hand, Agent Hand, is controlling the plane from HQ. So we're left with a huge cliffhanger. Oh, that got real, real quick. <laughs> um, super heavy plot episode. So not. A lot of comic connections, I'm guessing. Yeah, we talked about that before a little bit. Just um, there's not really just much to, to do with it. Like uh, mm-hmm. th- there's so much going on. There's a few things that are coming up in the next episode. There's set up in this one, and there's a lot of characters yeah. that we've come to to know, like G- Garrett and um, uh, Hand. You know, uh, who are based mm-hmm. on comic Greek, uh, characters originally, but there isn't anything direct and there isn't any one new to, to, to mention until uh, or anything new until next episode. I don't think. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was Coulson is like, he has such good spy instincts. Like the fact that he caught that Nash might not have been the right guy. Like it was too conveniently wrapped up and into like a nice tight bow. Um, like, and him and Sky just like bouncing back and forth off of each other and how they're like, oh my God, it's a shield agent that's the clairvoyant. Like I'm always Colson is just like this sweet soft boy that like is so good at being, you know, empathetic and understanding people. And it's really easy to forget that that ability to understand people makes him really good at his job as in in other ways, not just in in terms of like communicating and being able to de-escalate, but in terms of being able to understand these like complex situations and i really liked i like those moments where he just his spy instincts come you know it's almost like spidey sense like his spy instincts just like rear up and he's like something's not right here or he just like can sense like something's wrong or i don't know he's just really good at his job and i love him (laughs) it's true and almost sometimes i think like this episode it wasn't a big deal but it's funny because like right after we talked about the whole hacking thing and it got us on our tangent 
it reminds mm-hmm. me just a little bit of uh, also just like the fact that they come up with this idea and instantly were like, oh, yeah, of course, that's got to be I, it. But like, once yeah, they yeah, figure yeah. it out, it's like, oh, that's everything. It's like, and it does work, but at the same time, they don't they don't have any evidence. No, nope. just them knowing and oh, now that we know, we know, and it clicks, and we're good, and we're fine with that as viewers. I'm not complaining at any level. It's just funny, like because it is a TV kind of moment. It is, and also just like the way that all the misunderstandings line up with May and Ward at the same time, like it just makes it even worse. But also, like. Let's go into a spoiler section real quick, just because I want to be able to speak freely. (laughs) So spoiler time. Um, So it's just funny how like they're suspecting the wrong person, (laughs) you know, like not that. I mean, we're pretty sure I'm pretty sure that Ward was informing on them to Garrett at this point. Right. Do we find that out? Yeah. Right. I think so think so um but it's just it just sucks that like ward is actually innocent in this um in this case and may is the one who's being like falsely accused of like being involved with the clairvoyant and wow that gets turned on its head real soon yeah i don't know um the other thing i wanted to talk about was (laughs) carrot's conversation with sky about ward and how she has influenced him um, which I think we, we can see that up until this point, like, um, he started out very cold and composed, um, James Bond type, like super spy, good at everything. Um, just there to get the job done. Um, there to do it by the book. And now he is uh, a little emotionally compromised, and I don't know if that's all Sky. I feel like maybe May has a little bit going on there. Maybe stuff with Coulson too. I mean, he's he has a relationship with with Gemma and Fitz as well. I don't know. Ward is one of those characters that we love to hate, but also there's a lot of complexity there, and I feel like a lot of this is real. Like it's it's true, and I think that that makes sense when you are a con artist or whatever or anything or spy or anything where where you're like have to have the shields up. I think mm-hmm. that it's easier to root it in real stuff, you know, like, like, like mm-hmm. it just makes sense to me that it would be. And it definitely from a fictional standpoint, it seems like that's, that's what something that they go with a lot when they're telling these stories. And it just makes sense that he, it, and it makes it a more touching story if these people are actually getting through to him as well. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it makes it more touching, but it also makes it more heartbreaking. Ugh, I don't know. I but like I was saying, I feel like I feel like all of his. Ugh, this is so hard. I feel like all of that was probably, like you said, rooted in something real. But at the same time, he was using that realness to manipulate the situation and, you know, become one of the team for a different purpose. Um, but we know that that's not the case with Sky. Like we know that that's something different. Like maybe it was the case with the rest of the team. But it's interesting because probably the the one person that he needs to fool the most is Coulson. And I don't think we ever see the two of them have a real moment. Like if anything, they've gotten more antagonistic towards each other because of the relationship that he has with Agent May. So hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we should end here because the next episode has a lot of resolution. 
from this episode? No, I think I think so. I think so too. There's just not a lot to talk about spoiler wise. It isn't just the discussion for the next episode. Exactly. So before we started recording, like that was a very well observed on your part. Uh, it so and, and you know while we didn't have tons of discussion, you know you went through the episode really well and. I got off on my really weird ways that comics are super weird tangents. So if you're taking notes, none of it makes any sense. <laughs> you can look at this in every way. You could be a historian. Like I know a lot about this stuff and there are people who know more about it than me and no one could tell you with a straight face and mean it. That any of it makes any sense. It's all, it's all gibberish. Comics are weird, but they're fun. Whatever. They're fun. I like them. And they uh, allow us to have cool TV shows and movies uh, now that are not based off of books <laughs> or reboots of movies. Or, I mean, before so. the comics craze, I, there were literally songs that were the inspirations for movies. Like, I feel like by the end of the 90s, where like, that would be it. It's like, this this movie is based on a song, which is, yeah. I'm not insulting songs. There can be really amazing stories that are told in them, but they're not usually like movie length. <laughs> right? I don't know. Not yeah. in of themselves. Yeah. So I'm, yep. I'm okay with it. Like they're hitting the well pretty hard at this point. But there's also all the comic stuff that like isn't superhero stuff that people don't even know about. Like it's been going on for years. Like the Tom Hanks uh period piece spy uh that's by a mob movie, um, Road to Perdition, uh with him and Paul Newman. Oh what? That, I didn't know that was Yeah, that's a comic that's a comic book. Ghost World is a is a comic book. Uh the the one that put uh, Thora Birch on the map and also I think was one of the first big movies with um, Scarlett Johansson when she was really young. Yeah. But, yeah. That yeah. was based on a graphic novel. Like there's all sorts of stuff that like people don't know or cause they're not superheroes, you know, that they, yeah. they don't know are comic book based, but a lot of things, some less amazing than others. The, the Valer- Valerian <laughs> is a giant European a French yeah. comic book that I think a lot of people here just thought was some weird sci-fi thing that made no sense. And it absolutely looks like it's by the guy that made the fifth element, but like, he <laughs> yeah. didn't spend as much time making sure it made sense. And it's also gross eh. Hollywood sexism because in the comics, it's always, uh, what is her name? Uh, Laureline, I think it's, it's mm-hmm. Valerian and, and Laureline or whatever. Uh, it's always the two of them. Uh, they always mm-hmm. share billing, but in the movie, uh, yeah, he, he got a better role, did, right? I think they even, yeah. At least I think they still kind of like kept the story similar, but the title they cut her out, which I think is gross. Like it's like, why would you do that? But but yeah, read, read comics, uh, watch stuff, and if you look up the stuff that you like, some of more more than what you might think comes from comic books. I like that. I'm always surprised by that. That's always a good surprise. Um, and I, I gladly welcome the weird. It's <laughs> it's always entertaining to hear some of this weird ass shit <laughs> that it's, it's, people write into. Because it legit sounds like the ramblings of like just a crazy person. So it, it, on yeah. that level alone, it's fun. Like it's like it's gr- better than someone who's like tripping balls. It's like trying trying to recite the history of a character that's been around maybe fifteen years or something. It's like oh well, they right. had this and that and this, and then they became this. Like literally in, I just read a preview for the second issue of a Shuri miniseries, Shuri from Black Panther, right? So you'd think that'd be pretty self-explanatory, right? Uh, Be just like the character from the movies? No, it is not. At one point she leaves a meeting and she turns into a flock of crows and flies away (laughs) because she could do that in the comic books. She is a genius. 
She doesn't really invent shit because she is busy turning oh into flocks of crows. They're like, hey, what the they're fuck? like, hey, Black Panther's missing. Spoiler for the current Black Panther story. He's a, he's lost in space. He doesn't know who he is. It's, it's really it's a great story. But uh, she's like being pressured, like you should become Black Panther again. You've you've filled in for him before. She's like, nah, I don't really want to do that anymore. I'm just gonna go be. I'm gonna, gonna go turn be crows. Gonna turn into birds and see what's up. <laughs> take care take wow. care of shit on my own terms and it's 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 awesome but it's just like that's how different comics are from movies and they go out of their way to like make stuff similar so like now she looks like shuri from like from the movies but at the same time yeah. does it really matter if she looks like her if it's that different like like like, like i don't know i'm good that is bonkers I, I i i love comic books so much but so buy the shuri miniseries really good and black the current black panther series is excellent if you're gonna buy anything from Marvel, uh, which I, if you aren't, I also totally support that. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> if you are going to, those are both very good. Oh my god! All right. Well, with that, you can find me on Twitter at Space Jazz with four S's. How about you? <laughs> if I'm on Twitter, I will be at I Snow Nothing. You can find the pod at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email, Project Tahiti Pod at gmail dot com. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. See you later. Bye.